Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. What people don't understand is we've actually been researching some of the platforms for this for about 17 years now. They went through all the same clinical trials vaccines would usually go through. What we did, though, is we overlapped the time schedule so we could make it happen more efficiently. And no steps were skipped. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. Do Welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us again. Dr. Linda, you sound a little different again this week. Uh, it, it seems like we're not in the same room again, and what, what has happened? We're not. We're back to uh, some significant social distancing, and we've got a special guest on with us this weekend who is also in a third location, Chris. So you get to do your engineering genius. That's right. This is a, a technological marvel this weekend. That's and right. uh, It's because we have some very important content that we want to discuss today. And we have a, uh, a special guest with us, like Dr. Linda said. The uh, COVID-19 vaccines are out. And our guest is infectious disease physician and expert Dr. Richard Lane. And Dr. Lane has been on the show before, and he's back again with us this weekend to update us on the vaccines and answer some of the uh, multiple questions that we have for him this weekend. We're so glad that he's back, and he did such a great job when we were going through the beginning stages of the pandemic, giving us really good information. So we asked him to come back because now we're talking about vaccines. He's got a very extensive history working with vaccines, and he's been rigorously following the science. And Chris, this is impressive because he's a retired physician. And he's still spending lots of time figuring all this out. So Dr. Lane has a Doctor of Medicine degree from the University of Maryland School of Medicine and a Master of Public Health and Tropical Medicine degree from Tulane University School of Public Health. He is licensed as a physician and surgeon in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And he has traveled, now this is impressive, he's traveled over 50 nations over the past 30 years. He's been providing educational and clinical services to many people in underserved areas of the world. He's a published author, and as we said, we invited him back today because he's been blogging during the pandemic, and he's had such great wisdom and reason. I read him every day. I look for his updates to see what he's going to say. So he's backing all of his blogs with science. And if you remember, one of the reasons we so enjoyed having him on is not only because of his expertise in infectious disease and vaccines, but he also is a fellow believer. So everything you're going to hear today is through the lens of a Christian worldview as well. I see Dr. Lane on, on social media as well, and he's one of those voices to where if you're not sure what's going on, let's go see what Dr. Lane has to say about it. And he brings a lot of clarity uh to this situation. And there are so, like we've mentioned, there are so many questions and comments and experts and all of this going on. There's a lot of misinformation that we need to get past. And uh, really, we're in the weeds sort of about 
what to believe, what's real and what's not. So, hey, let's get into the questions right now with Dr. Richard Lane. So welcome, Dr. Lane. Well, thank you for having me. Well, listen, we want to ask you a few questions. And I I just want to say on the front end of this that we're not trying to force people into doing anything. Our view is that if we give you truth and we give you facts and information, then our hope is that you will make a good decision. You'll have good information is what we call in medicine informed consent, that you have all the facts, you listen to all of this, and then hopefully you make a good decision. So let's get right to the questions. The first one I wanted to ask you, Dr. Lane, because so many people are asking this question, are the vaccines safe because they were so rushed to market? They are safe. What people don't understand is we've actually been researching some of the platforms for this for about 17 years now and COVID provided an opportunity to actually use those platforms to very rapidly make a new vaccine. They went through all the same clinical trials vaccines would usually go through. What we did though is we overlapped the time schedule so we could make it happen more efficiently and no steps were skipped and they proved to be safe. You know, yeah, nothing's perfect, but they're good and the efficacy just is overwhelmingly better than we thought it would be. Yeah, it's been very surprising, and I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. So people just need to know, bottom line, these vaccines are safe. They're as safe as any vaccines that we've had. Um, and so that should not be a, an issue when you're trying to figure out whether or not you're going to take it or not. You know, one of the other things people ask is that, and they're, they're talking about their reluctance to take the vaccine because people think that somehow these particular types of vaccines that are on the market now for COVID, they're going to somehow change their DNA. Please explain that because uh, I know that that's not the case, but so many people think that is. It is disinformation that's put out and nothing we further from the truth. If you stop and think about it, a virus contains the complete genetic code of the organism when it goes in your bloodstream. What we've done is we've taken just a small snippet of that and we're giving that in a very specific way and it doesn't replicate itself within the body so it can't change your dna and in fact it's rna which is different than dna in the first place and it it is just not an issue okay great listen i want to read something that i saw on one of your blogs you have a friend named ruth i won't give her last name but i thought this was just so helpful to hear And, and this is what ruth wrote on your blog as the vaccine rollout begins i want to share my story I'm a study participant in the Pfizer vaccine trial. I had two shots, three weeks apart. I do not know if I had the placebo or the real thing. The first shot caused some soreness in my arm, just like a flu shot. 12 hours after the second shot, I developed a low-grade fever, and she said it was 99.9, that lasted 24 hours, even with Tylenol. I felt a little puny, but no other reaction. I expect I received the real vaccine, but I'm just cautious as I didn't, if because she doesn't know. She didn't know if she had right. the placebo or the real thing. And she said, I'm sharing this in the hope that you will get the vaccine when it is available to you. I believe in the science of immunization. I'm not interested in arguing. Just thought it might be helpful to hear a personal story. And she's a delightful friend. I've known her for a long time. Uh, but since she wrote her story, I've had literally dozens of my students who are out in front lines doing contact tracing, going door to door, and they've all gotten their uh, doses, first doses, 
and they report the exact same scenario that Ruth has laid out. It's just not been a real problem. I can say the same thing. You and I are on the same floor of the medical school I'm in now, and several of our physicians have gotten the first dose and had very mild. Some of them had no symptoms. Right. So we have a lot more reports of people taking it. I know there were a couple reports early on about an allergic reaction in England, but that didn't seem to be a big deal. It didn't seem to be commonplace. So, so far, we're not hearing a lot of bad reactions to this vaccine. Is that correct? That, that is correct. In fact, I uh, was just looking this evening. We've got 5.3 million doses given in the United States and only 29 allergic reactions. That is a rate I actually calculated of 0.00055%. Which is <laughs> wow. remarkably low. It is a little yeah. bit more than we see with flu shots, but it's still remarkably low. I don't think there's anything really to worry about with these. Well, that is good news as more of the uh, vaccine is made available. Hopefully people will take that news and, uh, and make a good decision about it. Today we're talking with Dr. Richard Lane, the yeses and the noes concerning the COVID-19 vaccine. When we come back, Dr. Lane will explain to us how the COVID-19 vaccine actually works. What do Thomas Jefferson, Agatha Christie, Pope John Paul II, and Princess Diana have in common? Well, these notable individuals and many others, past and present, share the habit of journaling. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda, the Relationship Doctor, and I've got some tips for you on the value of journaling. Whether you're just writing down a few thoughts or pouring out your heart on paper, journaling has some real benefits, like getting a handle on your emotions or a better understanding of other people or even organizing your priorities. Sometimes reading your older journal notes will help you appreciate the sweet little details of life you enjoyed but maybe have forgotten. One of the best benefits of journaling comes when you look back and you see how the Lord has been there in all your circumstances, directing your steps and taking care of the things that matter to you. If you've not considered journaling before, give it a try and see which of those benefits journaling might bring your way. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asked this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work? Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed, The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in Him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry. Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about COVID-19 vaccines. Yes, 
or no with special guest Dr. Richard Lane. And we have a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, books, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. And you can listen to today's show and share the podcast on iTunes anytime and anywhere, especially this podcast, as so many people need good information about the vaccines. And Dr. Linda, before we get into more questions with Dr. Lane, Dr. Lane, I have a question for you. Um, One thing we hear people say a lot is, My church is shut down. I can't go worship. And if we do, we either have to stay outside or stay six feet apart from everyone. It's just really bizarre. But at the same time, airlines are squeezing hundreds of people into airplanes on a daily basis. How did we get to that? That's a good question. I think people like to travel. I actually do not plan to fly, but airlines are doing that. It is good that we are putting more spacing into airlines than we were doing before the pandemic. Um, though that may not have been true over the holiday weekend. Uh, The air actually circulates well, and it's filtered through a HEPA filter, so that actually isn't an issue. Uh, It's more an issue when you're getting into line and going through security and crowding in. That's where the problem occurs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And certainly masks work. They do work, and there have been 44 studies now that say undoubtedly they help. They're not 100%, but they help. And using hand sanitizer. So if I were to fly on an airplane, I would wipe down the arms and whatnot and make sure I hand sanitized right away and kept that mask on. You are a big mask proponent. We've seen that on social media. But uh, Dr. Linda, this first question for Dr. Lane is, can we talk about how the COVID-19 vaccine actually works? There's several different types. And the ones that are out right now, Moderna and Pfizer, have basically the same principle. They take a very small portion of the genetic code from the uh, virus itself. And what's really cool about this is it delivers it to the cells that it needs to deliver it to. It doesn't go anywhere else. It goes right where it needs to. And those cells produce the antibodies and prime other cells to make the antibodies. It's that simple. And what's nice about it is they don't have to have those heavy metals like aluminum and mercury that you hear about. And it makes them much safer from that standpoint. Uh, what's also nice about that is you don't need to use any other cells from an animal or fetal cell lines or any of that because the vaccine is actually made in your own lymphocytes, which I think is cool. So you mentioned something because this is another question that people have asked. They're very worried about taking these vaccines because they heard that they were developed from fetal cells from abortions. So speak to that. They were actually developed on a computer. Literally, they took that kind of genetic code off the computer and said, this is the part of this code that we want. And the computer made the protein. Oh, wow. Within two days, they had a vaccine candidate ready to go. There's no real concern then. I mean, what I've read is that when they were first developing these from years ago, there were some fetal cells from some original abortions, but the actual making of the vaccines that you and I and other people are going to take, that has nothing to do with aborted fetuses. Is that correct? That is correct. And there's another one that's coming down the line that is completely vegan that's made from a yeast. There are 120 of these in the pipeline. We could talk about those all week. And if they prove to be safe and effective, they will also be approved. And to be real honest, I think we need a lot of vaccines approved 
to be able to vaccinate everybody. Well, listen, here's a here's a maybe a strange question, but it's one that has been asked to me from people that read my posts that are Christians. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering uh, somehow if taking this vaccine is maybe a setup for taking the mark of the beast. And I've heard people say that they're really worried about what the Bible talks about in Revelation yeah. in the last days, and you'll have to take the mark of the beast in order to buy and sell and all these things, that somehow yeah. in this vaccine there's a chip or some way that they can trace you with this vaccine. So uh, please put that one to rest for us. Well, there are no chips in it, so you're not going to be able to track anybody very effectively. <laughs> That's the good news. So people really don't need to worry about that. Now, will people be issued a card? Yes, and I've seen a lot of people here in the last two weeks proudly showing up their card that shows when they got their dose of vaccine, and they'll go back and that card will say what type of vaccine you need to get the next time around, so you get the same one, and that's important. Um, And then they can carry that and they can document that they've been vaccinated. Very similar to what we use for yellow fever when I'm traveling internationally. I take my yellow fever card. I've vaccinated. Don't need to stick me with a needle right here. Yeah. Well, and and I'm thinking too, you know, when I have a record of my children's vaccinations from when they were kids and when they went to college, I had to, I had to send in that vaccination record to make sure that they had all their vaccinations. So it's not that different is what you're saying. It is exactly the same. Okay. Now, so how long is the vaccination good for? Well, that's the unknown with this. And that's one of the things that we won't have answered until we get out over more time. Uh, We know that the first people were vaccinated way back in March. Uh, So they've had vaccine now for a year almost. So they've still got antibodies. And so we still think they're protected. The large clinical trials, those people are only out two months from their last dose when we first authorized the use. So those people are protected. And we'll follow those people forward over the next six months to two years. And if we need a booster dose, by golly, we'll get a booster dose. My producer is is looking at me and telling me that we're out of time for going to the next break. So when we come back, I'd like you to talk a little bit about herd immunity and what that is and how long that takes to get and why that's important. So stay with us as we continue our conversation with Dr. Richard Lane. More in a minute. Some days, I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful, and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote 
I love my mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but available on my website, drlindamintel.com or online where books are sold. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence, the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, and available online where books are sold. In case you've just joined us, you're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. We have a very special guest with us today. We're talking about the yes or no's concerning the COVID-19 vaccines. And as always, you can hear this show again on iTunes and visit drlindamental.com for more information. Our guest is Dr. Richard Lane. And Dr. Lane, before the break, we talked about is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Is there a chip that would be inserted in your hand, that type of thing? And you dispelled a lot of those fears. But there is a little bit of a question of, is there too much oversight? Is there too much of a big brother type thing with having to carry a card that says, hey, I have the COVID-19 vaccine? But this is nothing new. We've uh, we've had these types of vaccine identifications before. And it's, it's a normal part of life. Yeah. And maybe why it feels so different this time is because unlike other times when we've had a vaccine and, you know, I took my flu shot back in September, just like I do every year. You know, we don't have people in the government telling us that our restaurants are closed and we can't go to church and all these other things. So I think maybe that's where we're confusing the vaccine with all the restrictions that are on there. So that leads me to a question then, you know, this is one of the other arguments people say, Dr. Lane, isn't COVID-19 just like the flu? And if 99% of people are going to recover, why are we having all these government mandates? Well, the issue is it's not as simple as you get it and you get over it. About a third of people end up with chronic conditions. In fact, I've heard of people that have been in hospitals for five, six months with this, which is horrible. We know that 30% of people, even if they're asymptomatic, will have changes in their heart physiology. And we saw a basketball player collapse on the court just a few weeks ago. So it's it's dangerous. Uh, I read an article today about brain injury from this thing. Yeah. We just don't see that with flu. It also kills about 10 times as many people as the flu. So it's very different. I think that's so important to say. And, and I probably get four or five of these articles on COVID every day. And same thing, I was reading about long-term cognitive effects from having it as well. So one of the things that I want people to think about, and I think you would agree with this, is the difference of having the disease and the unknowns about what the long-term effects of that disease are versus taking the vaccine. Right. Something you have to weigh in this process, right? You do, and the disease we know is dangerous. We know the disease has killed over 
know, 350,000 people in the United States, probably will do 500,000 by April. And the vaccine hasn't killed anybody. And we've given 5 million doses of it. Great point. That's a great point. So a big difference. Let's say we get the vaccine. Hopefully we'll, we'll get those out and rolling to the, the, the public. Do we still have to wear masks? Yeah, it's actually very important to wear the mask, especially now, because the first dose isn't going to do anything for you for at least three or four weeks. And the second dose, you get it three or four weeks. And then it takes two more weeks before you get up to that 95% protection. But that means 5% is not protected. And so in the interval, while we're waiting for everybody else to get the vaccine, we want to wear a mask. So around about April or May, we should be getting up to herd immunity. And that's somewhere in that 70, 80% range. 80 would be much better than 70. And once we have herd immunity, we should be able to break the transmission. Which means we have to have a lot of people getting the vaccine. We do. I really want you to give your personal view, especially as a Christian, this whole idea about taking the vaccine and how does that fit into the call of a Christian to look out for others and to really love our neighbor? Well, this is typical love your neighbor. It's not about me. It's about the people around me. My wife has heart disease. I've got friends that have allergies that maybe can't take the vaccine. Me getting the vaccine actually protects them because I don't pick it up and transmit it to them. It's about looking out for the whole community. And herd immunity is nothing more than getting enough immunity in the community that we're taking care of one another. And hopefully we can eliminate this thing altogether. I like what Joe Carter said. He's with the Gospel Coalition, and he wrote a little piece, and he said, we have to consider whether we're using our religious liberty or concern for our own rights as a cover for a choice that may cause significant harm to our neighbors, and how does this work in the commandment to love one another? So I think that's really an important point that the Church may not be talking about, Dr. Lane, that there are so many people who maybe can't take the vaccine, like you mentioned, or will not get it yet. And if I can do my part in protecting someone else, that sounds a lot like what Christ talked about in terms of uh, loving one another. Exactly. Personally, I'd like to see churches contacting their health departments and inviting them to come in, particularly to immunize the older people in their congregation to protect them. That's part of loving your neighbor and part of taking care of your flock. Yeah, that's a great strategy. So if you're a pastor listening to this or someone who works in a church, you might want to go back to your church and suggest that uh, maybe the church becomes one of those centers and and helps especially with their elderly population who has really suffered during this time of the pandemic. Well, listen, we're out of time, and we barely asked all the questions that we wanted to ask. But uh, we're so thankful that you came and that you talked to us, and I would just encourage anybody, do you want me to tell them to look at you on Facebook uh, on your blog. <laughs> They're welcome to look for me, Richard Lane. I'm on Facebook. I'm wearing the Western type hat in front of uh, Mount Rainier. <laughs> you, you're, you're blogging um, on a regular basis. It's up-to-date information. You cite your references. It's really good stuff. So thank you again so much. And I, I just want to say to close the show out, as Christians, our positions on vaccines should be based on the best available empirical evidence and not on anti-science propaganda anecdotes, celebrity non-endorsements, or unwarranted skepticism of government institutions. Let's just all do our part, as we've been talking about, to love our neighbor and to mitigate risk for just a little while longer. We're almost to the finish line on the virus. Let's all do our part and stay safe.
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our special guest physician and infectious disease specialist, Dr. Richard Lane, and our engineer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Step